what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. I'm Josh. And hey, we are back, guys. How y'all doing? Doing great. Good. We are Good. we are in the uh, the podcast room, um, aka this room has been known as the War Room in the Youth House, and so we're super excited to be be able to be in here. Um, in a sense, we might get in some more tonight. I don't know. Hey, speaking of our youth, let's talk a little bit about some of the ministries that uh, Watson's Chapel is to offer, not only the uh, community, but also the uh, the whole church. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, basically, let's just start with this. Uh, the ladies' ministries right now are, are in bloom. I mean, they're on fire. They've got Bible studies, gyms. Uh, it's a mother's ministry. They have... Um, a Bible study on Monday night. They've got wings that happens once a month. Women in God's service. Yes, I wouldn't have got that. Thanks, Josh. Not only that, our youth girls got a Bible study they do on Friday evenings once a month. Um, today, some of them were walking. I think they've started a walking club. I, I don't know. They've started all sorts of stuff. Uh, so that's something that's been going on here. If you're listening to this and you're a church member, maybe you're uh, looking to get more involved in something, maybe of discipleship or. Um, ladies, there's tons of options right there. Men, we are uh, pretty excited to announce. Josh, you want to just explain what we're getting ready to, to start? Because you're leading it, so. It's going to be um, basically a men's Bible study and uh, hoping to get uh, men involved and just get into the Word of God. And start. we're going to start with that, um, like I said, the men's Bible study, and we'll see where it leads from there, where God points us and the direction that we head. Am I allowed to bring snacks? Absolutely. All right. That's good. And that's coffee. Good coffee, snacks, and Bible. Uh, I mean, well, we're just super excited because, um, you know, for the men, that's just something we've been working on and praying yep. about, mostly because someone needed to lead it. And then Josh has been thinking about this and praying about this for weeks. So for Josh to just step up and want to start a men's Bible study, I'm fired up about it. Um, and then, man, we've got we have so much. We've got a children's ministry, K through 5th. We've got middle school. We've got high school. We've got missions, works. But not only that, Alan, you want to tell everybody about this, well, Friday and Saturday. So the... Well, Saturday. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the community has, uh, you know, we, we've, we've been for several years doing some uh, uh, outreach to where we, uh, we do a... a a Thanksgiving meal, and uh, we invite the community to come be part of our church, be uh, part of our fellowship, get a free meal, uh, give us a chance to uh, take down uh, some things that's going on in your life that we could help you pray about, uh, Some maybe some areas of, of needs that uh, maybe we could help minister to your, you and your family. And uh, we're, we're excited. I know that the, uh, some of the, the COVID restrictions that are going on may uh, have some folks a little intimidated to participate, but uh, we've got all of that taken into consideration. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to uh, have uh, pickup meals only. Yeah, drive-through uh, so service. It's going to be a drive-through yeah. service. Absolutely it's right. Awesome. So if you drive, like uh, yeah. mashed yeah. potatoes and gravy. And, uh, yes. Yeah. I actually got some sneak peeks. Uh, so if you listen to this, I know it'll be Thursday when this comes out. You're, you're hearing some stuff that a lot of people probably haven't heard yet. Uh, yeah, so we're having drive-through. Um, I I don't know which building we're tuning it yet, but we actually Grant's here tonight. If you guys remember Grant, he runs our sound. Say hello, Grant. Howdy. I've seen Grant uh, run a drive-through window up here in our sm- youth building before. Uh, it's it's pretty busy work. Grant he was sweating a lot. Um, so but that's something we're going to be able to offer. Um, the other thing is, is we're still doing deliveries. Yes. Um, and I actually got some sneak peek at some protocol. Um, what you do is you just kind of call in to Watson's Chapel. Um, our secretary, Tammy, she'll be answering phones through Thursday. And then 
Um, I will be answering phone calls Friday while we're getting in preparation with all the food and all the stuff that's going so if they're, on. If they're, if they're, they're going to listen and listen to them yes. now. Yes. So you're going to be flooded with phone calls. I hope calls. so. Yes. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. They'll be like, I heard your podcast. Yeah. Is this Hunter? Yeah. So um, you can call at, you know, Watson's, I don't have a phone number on, on Pat, but you watch Chapel Baptist Church located in, is this Sweetwater? This no, is Madisonville. We're on Highway yes. uh, 68. It's a big church on the hill liberality yeah you you just call google it the phone number will pop up you can look at uh, our facebook or our church website just uh what you'll do is you'll just call in and uh yeah thursday tam you'll answer friday i'll answer here's the only thing we obviously we can only deliver so far so we're only delivering to the surrounding counties so sweetwater madisonville we might reach out to the teleco inglewood you know just the surrounding areas um, I don't think we'll be doing any deliveries to Maryville or I'll say this. We do. We, I was talking to the guys before we have a lot of people that are listening around the world. I won't be able to jump on a plane and bring you a meal. Um, but man, I'll pray for you at the end of this podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, so the surrounding areas, um, but if you want to drive through and pick a meal up, you can come up, you'll see a ton of cars. We'll have signs. We'll have all, all these things. You, it won't be hard to find where to go. Uh, now the menu Thanksgiving food. That's all I can tell you. Uh, I think some of it's going to be a surprise. So just come out, come support. Um, we're really looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I want to say this real quick, and then I'm going to throw it to Alan. If you're at, thinking about getting a delivery made, if you again, if you live in a surrounding area that's within reach of this church, um, which is located in Madisonville, Tennessee, um, I want to say this. If we bring food to your house, what I've been told so far is we are going to be wearing rubber gloves. I think some of our delivery people will be wearing masks. You know, we'll knock, lay the food down, and then walk back six to eight feet like you're supposed to, according to quarantine rules and stuff. And uh, we don't, we'll do like a no contact delivery system. Um, obviously, we're going to try and make sure everybody gets their food. But if you're thinking, well, I just don't want somebody, you know, Knocking on my door and rubbing on my bag of food. Well, we won't. We won't be. We'll have rubber gloves on. We'll be switching them out. So everything will be taken care of in its plan. Go ahead, Alan. So it's not just regular turkey either. It is smoked turkey. Uh, Friday, they will have a smoker going, and these turkeys will be delicious. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And uh, I, I think I'll be honest, uh, Miss Av, if you're listening to this, you you can get on to me. I think last year I got to help out in our counseling room, which was just we talked to people and witnessed and prayed. Um, I think I ate four plates throughout the day, just kind of sneaking around. So, Miss Ivy, you know, if you listen to this, you can, you can come get on to me. I just want to be honest, you know. So, there's a standing joke. I don't know if you guys are aware of it or not, but uh, historically what they do is they get the turkeys and uh, uh, the uh, Davis family had donated turkeys for years. Uh, and uh, we uh, take those turkeys and would put them in the baptistry, put, put water in the baptistry, and put turkeys in the baptistry, and let them thaw in the baptistry. So the the standing joke is these turkeys are baptized before they're served. Yes, they're cleansed. <laughs> we've got we've got we've got pictures of the baptistry full of turkeys. Yes. Which in is the plastic. I, somebody was talking about the picture. You're, so literally last yes. uh, last night when we were putting stuff in the kitchen, uh, Josh, your kids were like, "Do you guys really put them in the baptistry?" And Christy Lee, uh, she helps run our bus ministry. She was like, "Yeah." They're like, so they just like float in there, and they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, can we see them? 
And so they were literally like asking yes. to take pictures and see them. And I was like, yeah, they're in there. I mean, they're vacuum packed in plastic and sealed. So it's not like any, anything's touching the actual turkey, yeah. but uh, it's just a standing joke that we have. Yeah. It's an interesting con. I mean, it's almost like a, it's a tradition, you know, we got to baptize them turkeys before we send them out. So, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a lot of ministries that are going on here. That's our biggest event that's coming up. Um, so if you're interested, you live in the local area, uh, feel free to just give a phone call. Um, you know, Friday, if anyone calls in and they're like, hey, I heard on the podcast, I live in so-and-so. Is this Hunter? Oh, my. I'll give you a shout-out next next time we do a podcast. Because that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, so, but don't play pranks on me, okay? That's for real. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, so, if you guys remember last week, we did Discipleship Part 1. Um, but two weeks ago, we recorded two episodes in one night because, uh, last week I was out of town. So, last week... We didn't have to meet and record a podcast session because we did it two weeks ago. So we've we've been out of the saddle. Uh, So we're super excited to be in here tonight, especially because everyone can make it tonight. Um, And, I mean, guys, how y'all feeling? Feeling good. Good. Feeling good. Hope I'm not not rusty. Hopefully we'll get the nuts. Well, we got the coffee going. And I've already already broke into that. We got some oatmeal cream pies we leave on the table in here. I already broke into those. So uh, I'm pretty excited. And Grant uh, Grant brought me a l- little snack from Crystals. That's where he got his food from. So uh, I- I'm pr- I'm pretty wired up, um, ready to go. But so yeah, we did discipleship part one. If you guys were listening last week, uh, just thanks for everyone who's been listening, participating. Like I said earlier, uh, we we hit two new countries. I think this last week we've got some listeners uh, that from Japan. We had a download from Japan, two of them. Konnichiwa. Uh, from Vietnam, um, just different places. And so we're, we're just super excited because we're just, we're just four guys that live and do ministry in Madisonville, Tennessee. And to look at our podcast stats and see that people are somehow stumbling upon these four guys from Madisonville's podcast. I don't know how. That's awesome. And, and, and the fact of the matter is it's, really none of our concern we hope that through the listing of the podcast you're learning things that's helping you with your spiritual walk absolutely and i i forgot the city name but washington what was the um one second i was looking today and i just noticed that like our last five episodes we've had like 70 downloads from a city in washington Lake Stevens. Yeah. All our peeps out there in Lake Stevens, what up? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we yeah. know you or not or how, but just shout out to Lake Stevens, Washington. I mean, that's just cool. I got on there today and I was just like, what? <laughs> because cool. Maryville and Madisonville are where we're all from and they're under that. So just shout out to you all that are up there. Uh, we hope you're doing good. We'll, we're going to pray for ever, all of our listeners at the end of this Absolutely. podcast. But man, we're just hoping that the Lord's blessing you and you're just being able to grow in the word of God. But right. I, I do, uh, go ahead, Alan. And you guys in Washington, shoot us an email. Let us know what's going on up there. Uh, if you got questions, we'd love to have them. Yeah, or just say hey. hey. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just say just hello. Me, hey, media, watsonchapel.net. We'll send you an email back. I check them probably about every three, two days, um, and I'll, we'll respond instantly. Um, I do want to say this, though, because, I, man, I heard, um, I heard someone say this once. Um, don't let this podcast replace gathering with the local body absolutely i think that's worth saying we love that people listen to this and they'll grow off of this and man i hope it's just a tool but at the same time you know this podcast shouldn't replace the local assembly that you might go to or need to go to so you know get plugged in we've been saying for weeks go to church get back into it um i know this election and everything you know we have a new president our old presidents you know there's 
things that are going on. We're not. This isn't a political show, um, but I just want to say uh, we're going to pray for our leaders, regardless who Absolutely. they are. Scriptural. I know there's a lot of, uh, in a sense, there's a lot of mud that's being tracked through right now. We're just going to pray that God's will would be done in it. Yep. Um, but you know, regardless of whatever's going on. And the corona and everything, you know, they're working hard on it. Just uh, get get back to the house of the Lord. Yep. Uh, I, mean, now, I we, think today's topic is a perfect uh, example of yeah. If, you know what I'm saying? If we if we do a good job in discipling folks, they'll understand it's not even an issue where you're supposed to be on ch- Sunday on church day. Yeah, yep. Alan, go ahead and read. What's that question three for us? I put my glasses on. I ain't yeah, <laughs> put your eyes. I'm on. the old man of the group. Number three at the top of the paper. How does discipleship happen? That's a good question right there. Um, Man, can I kick this off? Go right ahead. Man, just let me go ahead and kick this puppy off right here. So how does discipleship happen? If you guys remember uh, our last podcast session, we talked about what is discipleship? Why do we need it? So we talked about that discipleship. I think we mostly we circled around the disciples in the scriptures. Um, You know, a a disciple is a follower, a learner. Why do we need it? Well, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be followers of Christ, then we're going to have to be discipled. We're going to have to be taught by somebody so we can grow in the faith and get off the milk and get to the meat. So uh, how does it happen? the first thing that I think about is, and I talked about this when we did the live session, is like when you look at like Acts 14, 21, you see a phrase in it that says, had taught many in the King James Version. An ESV Bible says, had made many disciples. It's the same phrase in two different translations. But what I like is when you look at that phrase, the definition of taught, it's not just taught, it's had taught. It's two words that go into one Greek reference. And going back to our first podcast on discipleship, there is a huge difference between being a student and being a disciple. Being a person who learns and being a person who mimics and models their life after. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, well, let's just go to this. I'll get to that definition here in a little bit. Uh, Think about this. You know, when um, you got Elijah and Elisha, right? You know, Elijah... Tells him, he's like, you know, come follow me. And he's like, well, saw a bug just <laughs> fell from the ceiling. You guys weren't looking at that. I was talking. I looked at Josh. And that puppy just fell straight down. Okay. But Elijah and Elisha, you know, Elisha's got to go and he gets rid of everything. Basically, he, he leaves his life to follow Elijah. But what I like is, you know, Elisha's like, you know, Elijah's like getting ready to leave, be called up in a whirlwind. And he's like, what's one thing? And Elisha's like, well, I, I want what you got. He's like, well, if I cross this river and you see me, then you can go over and get my road, and it'll happen. Well, it happens. And Elisha, it says that he received Elijah's spirit in a sense. and Not literally his spirit, it's just his gift of being uh, the prophet, the speaker of the time. But Elisha mimicked Elijah. I mean, literally he followed him, and you know, just like the disciples, Peter, uh, John, all these guys, when Jesus ascended, you know, there was a point when he said, you know, um, when, when you're with me, seek me. While you're with the light, be in the light. I was reading that today in John 12. Be with the light because eventually the light's going to leave. Or even when uh, Jesus referred to himself at the bride, while the bridegroom's here, you know, all all those things. But now he's gone. And so Peter, John, all these guys, somebody's got to fill in the gap. We talked about that phrase here at the chapel. Water pastor always says, who's going to fill in the gap when the elders are gone? So when you look at that, I mean, Jesus is gone. Who's going to, you know, be that image? They won't be Jesus, but who's going to be like him? Well, Peter and them, they had to step in the gap and fill in the place. So when we when we get into this topic, we've done a, a, a lot of information has went out on this podcast. Uh, the two parts that we really want to focus on is, number one, yes, there's education that has to take place, but also there has to be a desire in the learner. And uh, we go through uh, 
uh, the disciples we go through Elisha we go through all these examples that men that desire that hunger in their heart they wanted it they wanted it bad and, and combined with that want now the second part is the passing on of the knowledge and the information the church our responsibility is to be that educator that teaches that person who is hungry and has a desire to be a disciple okay here's what you need to do to be a disciple and uh, I, I think that historically uh, the churches that i've been around and i'm not knocking churches that i've been around but do the, the best they know how but when we start educating, the more information that we can give and the more example, just like Jesus, man, he broke down every barrier, went to every extent. There was nothing he would not do to get through and teach his disciples. He used parables. He used, he used everything he could to help them understand the things that he was trying to teach them. And still, they didn't get it. Still, right. there was things that they didn't understand. And I'm the same way. So uh, we want to make sure that we do as much as we can give as much information as we can. I know we've been on this topic for a while, but it's that important that we... Yeah, we, we got another week we've of got, it. We've got, yeah. to, we've got to give that information so that folks can understand. And here's a case in point. I, uh, you, you take, uh, uh, make statements and just blanket statements and just... It, it, I've done it my whole life and just expect folks to fill in the blanks and, and know what I'm talking about. When in reality, if I don't understand, maybe I'm a little bit too hesitant to ask, what do you mean by that? Or... Follow up with with that curiosity, that, that, that question asking that helps fill in those gaps. Everybody doesn't have that. So we've got to take into consideration if they don't understand, we need to make sure we give them ample information so they do understand. Uh, uh, taking, you know, just a, a verse of scripture and just and throwing it out there uh, out of context and using it however it best fits the scenario that's in our life. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we take the scripture in context and that the background and everything that's going on so that we get the true meaning of it. Uh, uh, made the statement. I'm gonna make, uh, so I, I drove like a maniac to get here one night and we were doing a podcast and I sat down and I had a bad day at work and I said, I hate my job. You guys remember? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next, that Friday, guess who listened to the podcast? Boss man, my boss did. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Shaw, shout out to you, buddy. But here's the, here's the, here's the point I'm trying to make. I didn't give enough information with that statement to say there are parts of my job I don't like. There's times right. where I really like my job, I enjoy yeah. what I do. Uh, but if somebody just takes what I said at that moment, they think, man, he's a miserable somebody. He hates his job. And in reality, there's parts of my job that I don't like. And at that particular day, I really didn't like my job. But uh, I'm thankful that God has blessed me with a job and I have the ability to raise a family and then provide for them. And and, and same thing scripturally. We need to make sure that when we make statements and when we're teaching that we give enough information so that it's understood and not just pull out little snippets of scripture and use it out of context. Yeah. And that the other thing, too, is that, you know, so basically on the tying into that same situation, it's uh, as a new believer. It, it is good to ask questions. You know, I mean, one of the things is if, if, we, if we are a new believer in Christ, we're not going to have 
all the answers and we're not going to. So if we sat into a study that is very in-depth and solid meat, it, there's, there's nothing shameful about saying, wait, guys, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm confused. Or, I'm going back to my example again. Rod Child, being a seasoned man, had no trouble coming to me the next day and asking me specifically, "What did you mean by that?" Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that's 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 key. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He, of course, he, he rubbed me pretty hard about it for a day. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you guys have. I mean, you've hit it on key about the, uh, how does discipleship happen? Well, it happens through like studying, especially yes. like the context of scriptures, because. I think a lot of times when you have baby Christians or people who've just been converted or, or you know, people on fire for the Lord, the biggest thing that happens, the first thing that happens is they're wanting to serve everywhere and anywhere. Yep. And that's a great thing because um, serving is something that we're called to do in the church or outside of the church. And so that's a good thing that you get young people or young Christians or older Christians that just haven't been discipled a lot. And they're like, throw me in. I'll, I'll serve wherever I want. But while we were talking about this, um, I started thinking too that, you know, serving is a good thing. Yes. You need to get, I mean, it's like this, you know, um, I may not take, if I have a, a young con- converted teenager, like, cause I work with the youth here. So if I have someone who's just saved, you know, I'm not going to go up to him and say, Hey, you want to lead a devotion this walk in night or whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. But I might go up to him and say, Hey, I'm going to so-and-so's y'all house to help him to check on them, to rake leaves, to mow. Do you want to go with me? Because they're young, right? They're not going to have a lot of that knowledge, but they're going to be willing to go serve. But there comes a point, too, where you can serve a lot and you can learn a lot through serving, but you have to remember the good portion of Scripture. Now, Jesus uh, says this in Luke 10, 38. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had called her sister Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Jesus is in this house, Martha's house, and he, you know she's brought him in. And she has a sister named Mary. Okay, so all Mary did was just go sit at Jesus' feet. So she went and sat around the Lord, and he talked, and she listened, okay? But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And I love this. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so how does discipleship happen? Discipleship happens through serving. And we'll talk about more serving here in just a minute, but I just wanted to say that to come back study because yeah. you got to think Martha is knowing that the Lord's coming and she's going to be with him. So she's running around the house, serving, doing everything that she can, but she didn't take time to be in the Lord's teachings. She didn't take time. And Mary just went and sat at his feet. And so then she's like, tell my sister, come help me. And he's like, you're worried too much. He said, one thing's necessary. Your sister has chosen the good portion, and it can't be taken away. And Martha, that was a realization for her. So even in discipleship, we can serve. We can go do all of these things. But at some point, we've got to remember that we're truly going to grow when we see the Lord's teachings. And we take advantage of the good portion that we have. Because that's what truly disciples us. Because, you know, if you just go, go, go. Me and Josh were talking about this the other night. When it comes to ministry or serving the church, if you just go, 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 go. Maybe you're pouring into others or helping others, and you just go, 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 go. But... You're not being poured into yourself. You're going to find your your gas tank coming on E really quick. And so we've got to take advantage of the good portion and be in his teachings. But that's um that's a a, a good point. It's so that and that's the beauty of discipleship. Because when our tank gets on E, 
We are looking to those. Yes, it's that complete circle. Yeah, the, the, we 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 are not we're on E. Yeah, we can sit under. With I mean, the, the cars those be that fixed. fill us. Yeah. Yes, and 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 that and that's the beauty of it. I mean, because you know, here here at Watson's, you know, there's Sunday school teachers that are in rotation. Because they they need that time to to sit to be the pupil to sit under the study and you know and and, and that's the beauty of it and the true discipleship is that serving and having multiple around serving and bringing up the young ones and and the the new in Christ you know but that with the discipleship um so in John when the Pharisees were questioning Jesus and he said you know and they said well how can you basically profess yourself you're you're making the claim that you're a god but it's you're making that profession you know and these are all the pharisees that were questioning him and hammering him on it and the beauty of it as is as that story unfolds he gets to a place and he says that the jews that believed in him he says if you believe in me and continue in my word that you're my disciple indeed and that's the and that's the thing is uh, we look at a discipleship and it's ultimately we are discipled for Christ and the work of the Lord. It's not about us. It's not about it's not about anything that we do or it's for you know, him. Exactly. And it and and that's the beauty of it because when you find people that are truly in that process of discipleship, it's never about them. No. You know, they they're never doing they're never teaching the Sunday school class because they can you know have their name on you know no, it it's because they're doing the Lord's work and it's for him. And that's where like when you think about when Paul said it's no longer I who live but Christ it, who lives yes. in me, I've been really like thinking on that for a good two weeks because you got to understand that like once a person's saved, you know the Spirit's put within them. But I mean, he said the Spirit's going to come in my name, so the Spirit's going to point to Christ. So when you look at that verse and he says it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me, that just means this: that when I make decisions as a Christian, that as a Christian that are according to God's word, it's not I yes. who made that. It's Christ who lives in me. And because Christ lives in me, he's going to point me right. to that. And so when you look at that, you know, Christ lives in us. And so when you enter, like a lost person can't enter, enter discipleship. They won't last. They mm-hmm. won't happen. They won't learn. But when you have Christ in you, you find yourself at like the the um, Greek definition I was going to read earlier. It's like when you look at Acts fourteen twenty one, it says, had taught... Your definition is to be a disciple of one, to follow his precepts and instructions, to make a disciple, to teach, to instruct. And so when you look at the disciples had gone out to make disciples, or in the Great Commission, when it said in Matthew 28, 19, 20, it said, go out and make disciples. They're literally going out and they're going to find people that want to follow Christ and they're going to accept the good portion like Mary did. And then they're going to be in a place. And that's where, like, this this Wednesday night, I'm really hoping to be able to come out of John 15. Because what I love is in John 15, you know, Jesus is talking about being the vine. And he says this key phrase. I want to flip to it real quick. Boom, look at that right there. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So he's saying, I'm the vine. So Jesus is saying, I'm the root. I am the growth. I'm the main part of the, the plant. I'm the vine. And then he says, my, fa- my father is the vine dresser. So a lot of people would think, why isn't God the vine? Because God, Jesus pulls his strength from the Trinity, right? He pull- So why wouldn't God be the vine and Jesus be the vine dresser? It's because of this. Jesus was the holy sacrifice. Jesus was going to be salvation. So he says, I'm the vine. So Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is salvation. 
But he says, my father's the vine dresser, right? Because God's the one who draws. Uh, in John 6, 44, God, uh, the father sent me, he will draw them. So it says he's the vine dresser. And then verse 2, it says, every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So he the, he looks at the vine. If there's a branch that's withering and there's nothing coming out of it, he takes it off. Later on in the scriptures, it says that they're gathered up and they're burned. But when you look at the rest of verse two, and then it says, "And every branch that does uh, not bear, oh, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes." And that's the good place that you enter in as a as a Christian. Is you come into this good place of okay, now I'm a, now I'm a believer in Jesus. I've put my faith. He saved me. What do I do now? Right. So that was why the disciples, Jesus told them, "Go out and make disciples," because they're going to go out. Like, what if he just said, "Go out, see people saved, and then leave." Right then, they would just be kind of left on their own, and they wouldn't be able to grow. But he said, "Go out and make disciples." So they go out and they preach the gospel. And what I love too is he's telling them to go out and preach the gospel, but he's putting emphasis on go out and make disciples because if they make disciples, that'll be more witnesses that will go out, and more people will be saved. And that's the thing is when you think about Christianity, a lot of times there people are just like, Christianity just means we want people saved. We do want people saved. We want disciples made. Because if right. true disciples are made, there will be true followers. And when um, Alan talked about this uh, last week, you know that phrase where Jesus said, unless you eat of my, uh, drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, and they're like, this is hard saying, who can do it? And they faded away. They weren't true disciples. So when we go out and we make true disciples and we truly help people grow, they'll be like the 12 that stayed. And he said, well, you're going to leave too? And they said, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. <laughs> they got it. Yeah. They got it. <laughs> and so as a Christian, you enter into this place where you are now a true vine that bears fruit. But sometimes some pruning is going to have to take place. And that means that sometimes there's going to be a growth. There's going to be things on the vine that need to get cut off. And that's what discipleship is, is we're being taught by following Christ. And not not throwing stones at churches. And again, just to encourage and try to be a, a help to somebody that might be listening. Uh, I mean, it's good to see people saved. And I think that it should be a, 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 a goal and a benchmark in a church to see conversions and to be evangelistic and to spread the gospel so that uh, sinners can repent and be uh, born into the family. But the job's not done at that point. Uh, for so many years, I think that we've celebrated a good uh, move of the Holy Spirit and, and conversions and, and people coming to faith in Christ. But are we equipping them? Are yeah. we are we are we helping them to mature in the faith? Are we helping them to have the the ability to digest more than just milk, but to put some meat in there and and, and to strengthen and bulk up to where that when hard times come and, and and storms in their life they have that foundation then that they can stand on that we talked about in one of the last podcasts. Yeah. So that's um not only is it not over, but they're have just begun. Absolutely. It has just started for them. Absolutely. So they, I mean, they, they, they are now a new creation in Christ. Mm-hmm. Brand new. So yeah. they got a lot of questions. They got a lot of things. So, so as, so a person that is non-believer lost, you know, not, not a church member, just lost of the world, mm-hmm. being fed by the world, yep. being fed of ideals and thoughts of what church is what you know a follower of christ is you know and then so so real quickly let's let's go to this you know it says you know jesus said if if the world hates you remember it hated me first you know and to be a true disciple is to deny yourself to follow him so 
with all this idea, uh, a lost person in the world would say, why would I ever want that? Why would I want to be hated, you know, for him? Well, so then now they came to salvation. And they have so many questions. But if they walk in or they're sitting there, and like you mentioned earlier about the Sunday school classes and stuff, you know, they they have questions. Yep. And that's the thing that, you know, we need to, especially new believers, you know, we, we find them, we seek them out, we pull them aside and say, listen, I know right now where you have a thousand thoughts, a thousand questions. Get some questions that, together and let me let me help you. If anything you got, there's nothing. This that, that's why that's what's so beautiful about the family of God and, and, and the local assembly. Because I, while you're talking, Gee. I could just sit back there and, and imagine myself. I was that lost person that think you know read the scripture and think, man, why would I want to be a part of that? 1983. I can remember it. Yes. And then I remember placing my faith in Christ and and. Started good people, good Sunday school teachers, good mom and daddy, good family members that poured into me. Again, late bloomer. Took some years, took a long time. And still, here I am, you know, 40 years later, almost, still being discipled. Yes. Still learning, still understanding that, man alive, I've got so much ground to make up and so much that... Uh, that I want to accomplish and things that I want to see done. And like I said, not the, not the bucket list things, because as I mature in the faith and as I start developing more uh, skill in, in, in the discipleship area, I understand that those things are just temporal, man. They don't matter. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, and this might be a poor analogy. Um, you know, if you start a fire, right, you go out, you go out back, you start a fire um, and it's going to be on fire for a while. And, you know, you might, try to put it out or just let it die down by itself and you leave. But then a few hours go by and you look back out there, it could be reignited. I mean, anything mm-hmm. can happen. And that's just what I was thinking is like when you have someone who's just been saved or is a young Christian, they're on fire. I mean, they, they got it right. Yep. But if someone's not there to help tend the fire to keep it going, well then it's just going to go out. Yeah. It might come back later by itself. It might some natural event. And that's just what I was thinking is, you know, when you're saved, when you're first saved, like the Lord's renewed you, he's done you have a thousand questions, you're ready to go, but if someone's not there to be like, "Hey, let me help tend to this," right? Mm-hmm. Not control it, tend to it. That means you're you're just there to help and support. And that's what we're called to do. Um and you know, when I I was thinking about, you know, in Hebrews 6, um which we've talked about Hebrews 6 before in here, but I mean, he says it for a reason. He says, let us lead the elementary doctrines of Christ, right? So if someone's not being discipled and someone's not being educated and someone's not growing, then they might not find themselves in a Hebrew 6 moment, right? Because he's telling them, he's like, let's leave the elementary things of doctrine. So there had to be some discipling and some teaching going on for them to understand that they can leave the elementary things and go to the bigger things, Y'all hear Alan's coffee right now? That was perfect. We're leaving that in here, man. Uh, just go ahead, Alan. <laughs> if anybody is wondering, um, we drink Folgers in here. Uh, our church, we're big Folgers people here. I ran out. But uh, we don't. One thing is, is I make the coffee because I usually beat Alan and Josh here. Um, we don't do like one, two scoops. I just pour it till I think it's right. So looks about good, right? Yeah. So, uh, but my, yeah, we're, we're Folgers people. But my right eye's twitching and my skin's crawling. 
But to go back to what we were talking about is, I mean, he, he talked about it at one point, too, about going from milk to meat. And so there has to be some sort of teaching, some sort of guidance, something that goes on. And the church has to be, and it's like, honestly, we're not throwing stones, but the church is supposed to be the ones that provide that. Because, I mean, it talks about in, in Ephesians, the edifying, the uplifting of the church. Like, people are called to the do commission. that. The yeah. church is called to do that. And if nobody's going to do that, it's like this, you know. Um, it, we have youth here, right? And if one of them gets saved and I just like high five them and I don't try to come back around and talk to them or like tell them to go read, a lot of times I'll put them uh, in Romans 6 so they can start understanding what just happened. Or like, you know, our pastor here, it hasn't, it hasn't came out yet, but he literally did a verse by verse study through Romans and wrote everything down. And our secretary is like condensing it into like a little book. So that way, when we have baby Christians that have just been saved or people who are ready to grow, boom, here you go. Here's a, a, a walkthrough Bible study provided by our pastor of sermons he's done of how you can grow through the book of Romans. I mean, the church should be able to provide that. And that, I mean, that's what a pastor is called to do right there is to guide us and disciple us. But a church has got to be willing to do that because if the church isn't going to do that, then they're, the people are just going to go right back into the world, and then it, yeah. that's just going to create a mess. Um, I can remember when I got saved, you know, I didn't, we didn't really have any sort of discipleship. And so I got saved, and I was on fire for a long time, and then I, I didn't know how to grow or even what growth is. And then I got back into the world, and then like, pfft, yeah, I was gone. And then the Lord, it was like a prodigal son for me to come back to the house of the Lord. And I mean, once I got back, I thought, man, I wish I could learn what disciple was 10 years ago. I think a lot of us have that same yes. testimony. Yep. And I mean, it's just true. And so when you look at how discipleship happens, I mean, literally how it happens is by the example. I mean, even um, when you look at the end of Hebrews 6, which I wasn't even say this till now, um, verse 12, it says, So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith um, and patience inherit the promises. Or even when Paul said, be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. And that's literally what being a disciple is, is you're going to look up to somebody, right? A pastor, a youth pastor, um, an elder in the church, a grandpa, a parent, somebody. You're going to look up to somebody because of how much biblical things that they teach you, how they guide you, how they try to share experience and they pray for you and do Bible study with you. But ultimately, the reason that you're going to look at them so much is because they're looking at Christ. And by them looking at Christ and being an imitator of Christ, they're helping you imitate Christ. And that's what he's saying right here is, but be imitators of those. And that's truly what discipleship is. I mean, the disciples, they imitated Christ. They weren't Christ. They imitated him by all the things that he had taught them. And everything that he had taught them, we have right here in this book. And so, you know, we're going to imitate the people that are uh, discipling us and help teaching us and help guiding us. But ultimately, we've got the book right here that tells us exactly how we can be like Christ. It's like today I started a, which we, we've talked about the Sermon on the Mount a little in here, but I started a personal Sermon on the Mount study where I'm just going through verse by verse and like breaking the words down and just writing until I have nothing else to write about what that verse means. And I mean, it's even like today, we've talked about this, you know, when it says, uh, blessed are those poor in spirit, you know, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. We've talked about it in here, but I just, it brought me back to that place of when you look at the word blessed and it means happy. Um, people who are poor in spirit have come to a place where they're content, humbled, and broken, that they are poor in spirit. And when you come to the point where you're poor in spirit, right, that's when you're saved. As you say, I can't do this on my own. I'm broken. I need Jesus. Boom. There's is the kingdom of God. And that just hit me today of thinking, you know, poor in spirit. 
Am I really realizing that I'm poor in spirit all the time? I might have Jesus. I might be saved. Or even like, you know, I was talking to our pastor yesterday. And uh, I told him, you know, hey, spiritual warfare, this is going on in my life, you know, blah, blah, And he, when I was talking to him about it, and he's like, go to Ephesians 6.12. And I told him, I said, well, I've read that before. I know what it's about. And he's like, that's, no, that's the wrong attitude. He said, go read it again. And I was like, I've studied it. He goes, every time you read a text, even though you've read it before, it will speak something new to you. Yeah. And I thought... You got me there. Okay. So I go, what do I do? I go I go to my office later on in the day. I get in uh, Ephesians 6, and I read through it, and I'm like, ooh, this is good. I've studied this. But then I get down to, uh, therefore, put on the shield of faith. And it talks about that when the fiery darts come, you can stand firm. And I got stuck in that for a minute, and I just thought, shield of faith. And I thought, boom. In spiritual warfare, right, when the flesh and the spirit wage war against each other, if I'm, my faith is not strong, then my shield will be small. And that's a fact. So in the fiery darts, and I even looked at that. When you look at the Greek definition of that, there's a figurative definition to it. Lust, anger, the things we struggle with as humans. So when those darts start coming at you, if your faith's not strong, and you're not, you know, if you don't have faith, you can't please God. That's a verse in the scriptures. So if you're not putting on your faith, if you're not embracing your faith in Jesus, your shield's going to be small. And all of a sudden, boom them fiery darts are going to hit you. And I was just like, okay, so when fiery darts come at me, instead of just surrendering or panicking or doing this, I just need to remember that my faith in Jesus will shield me from these darts that are coming up. And I mean, that's, that's what happens is when you are being discipled and you're getting into the word of God, you'll get into a segment of scripture and you'll read it. And it's the medicine that you need right at the moment. It's the food that you're looking for. It's the drink that you haven't found yet. And literally, the Holy Spirit right then and there. And see, the Holy Spirit showed me that, but my pastor pointed me to that. So he's trying to help disciple me and point me to Jesus. And then when I get to Jesus, what happens? The Spirit is the teacher and the comforter. I've been discipled. So, perfect example. And hopefully, if you're listening to the podcast, and, well, you're listening to it, or I wouldn't be talking to you. I know you're listening. So think back into your past, and and hopefully you can recall a time in your life where you had an experience just like Hunter explained. This is a perfect opportunity and a perfect example of uh, someone not fixing your problems, not pulling you out of a mess, but equipping you with the ability through God's Word to strengthen yourself. And uh, that's that's an awesome example. Yeah, I mean that. So uh, that's one of the things. So we we as a new believer coming along, we are on fire, like Hunter earlier mentioned that it being on fire for the Lord, and then we stumble. We we come right out of the fire. We fall. I know me personally speaking. When I fell, I thought, well, must have been false salvation. I truly must not. We have talked been, about this the other night in Trouse. Yeah, I, mean, I must not have truly been saved. It, I, I missed something. And it was not that. It's that we still have to keep in mind that we have temptations that are coming our way. The faith that Hunter was talking about, and that shield of faith, is enduring the life and going on and going into trials and tribulations and seeking Him, repenting of our sins, making that that adjustment to understand, you know, I have fallen. It doesn't mean we lost our salvation. No, it does not. What it means is we are growing, and that's the key. And, I mean, that would be—that is one of the 
biggest part of discipleship, I would say, is approaching those, you know, to encourage, to uplift. And not only that, like, so when a pastor comes to you and offers words of encouragement or says, you know, I haven't noticed you here the last couple of weeks, it's not in shaming. There's a true concern there. Yeah. There's a true worry there. And it's the same with fellow believers. You know, when we when when someone reaches out to you, it's not necessarily for condemnation at all. It's from true concern and, and, and true worry. And that's the beauty of the discipleship is that when we fall and we are in that process of discipleship, it's accountability to the others as well. You know, I, I there's not a doubt in my mind that if I started falling away, that I would not receive phone calls from numerous people that would say, hey, you know, what's going on? And I need that because at the moment that we're at our weakest, we have to have that person of accountability that's going to call us and say, hey, I, I, I ain't seen you the last couple of weeks. Are you okay? You know, is there anything I could pray for you with? Is there anything I could help you with? Because me and Hunter has talked in the past just a short time of separation of just not reading or not praying is di- I mean we can start to drift and it doesn't take much to interact or to come into our life to where it starts to create a separation you give too much credit to the flesh because you're not yep. in the spirit at yep. all yep and it's essential i mean when we as uh, as the family of god uh, uh, i mean i'm uh the youngest of six children and and uh, my family, you know, we got that family unit. And uh, when I, you know, hear something's wrong or when I'm sick or something's going on, typically I call, I've got a sister that she calls me, you know, regularly just to see how I'm doing. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, to get in my business or be nosy. Right. She's genuinely concerned, concerned about for. Yeah. And I, I think that as family goes and we... You know, we just finished up the the, the series on, uh, you know, scriptural uh, family structure. Uh, this same concept should go into the family of God when uh, we have a, a member that's that's going through trials or going through uh, something in their life. Man, be it'd be sad. <laughs> I've heard this example used. If nobody cared in the family. Nobody cares about you. Nobody, you know, is even curious about what's going on in your life. Uh, be be sad and be anemic uh, uh, relationship to be in. Yeah, yep. I mean, Jesus said, and He said, uh, "Who is my mother? Right. Who is who my is brother? my father? Yeah, yeah. Who, these are my brothers. My yes. So we we have a huge family here, um, and so, and Josh said this earlier too, before we even hit the podcast, and I think it was just great that you know uh, he talked about just an example in his life of. You know, um, some people that he know they've went they've went to another church, and he just went to talk to them, uh, not to see where they've been, not to keep up with their location, but to make sure that they're following the Lord and that they're in a place in a fellowship where they can grow. And I, I mean, that's that's a very important thing. And so when you look at how discipleship happens, um, I think we have barely put the toe in the water. 
Yes. I think there's a lot more that could be said, um, but we hope it's enough that, you know, you can hear something in this. And I just hope that the spirit of the Lord will just minister to you and help you see more. Um, and we're not done, but we are going to transition into that question four because we kind of hit a lot of it already. Um, but Josh, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what are the benefits so of discipleship? What are the benefits of that? Um, the benefits of discipleship is, like I said, is being in the process, having that accountability, having the, the place to, well, as well as be a, to receive as well as to, and that's truly what it's about. Discipleship is the continuation, so it doesn't ever cease. It's that there's always going to be those that are ahead of us, and there's going to be those that are coming up behind us. Um, but what, a key verse that you know, for me, it, it sticks out as in Mark. It's Mark chapter 8, um, verse 34. And it says, And when he called the people unto him and the disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And the deny himself is the word that two words that stuck out. Because for me, and I'm speaking about my walk. When I first was saved, I did not truly deny myself. I denied what I wanted to deny, and I kept what I wanted to yeah. keep. As our walk continues, we find it more and more of what we are truly denying of ourselves, Because pride is a big thing. Pride is something that we hold on to. Yeah. And when we get to a place to where we truly are broken and i'm not talking of the one time salvation broken i'm talking of that place of breaking daily to where when we come into situations we find ourselves standing before him and knowing who we are and what he did for us and then we sit there and we i, I know for, like i said i'm speaking to my about myself i find that i'm sitting there in front of a presence of a holy god and i'm self righteous because i'm like oh no i'm not I'm still a faithful follower, am I? And I'm and the answer for me, like I said, and I'm speaking directly to myself, nobody out there. The answer is no. So when I read Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-four, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. That is a process. That's not a one denial. That's the process that we get into, and that's the process of the discipleship is when, you know, when we deny ourselves and we truly become transparent. I'm not talking about transparent in front of other men and women and the people of the church. I'm talking coming transparency with God because God truly sees us in our heart. Mm -hmm. we, so even though when we think we're hiding it from him, we're fully transparent. And that process of discipleship, allowing ourselves to be to deny ourselves, to get to that place to where we truly stand before God as pure as we can, in our in our fleshly image, as pure as we can, yeah. knowing that we are repented of our sins, you know, and we are truly seeking Him. At that moment, that's when we can truly become an effective member of the body of Christ and truly start to disciple others as well as be discipled ourselves. Because if we come into it pridefully and we say to a, you know, somebody gives us a scripture references, says, go look at this. And we have that issue of pride with us. We've already like, like what you mentioned, you know, you, you, I already have read that. Yeah. You know, but no, we, we haven't because yeah. And in, in that sense we have, 
But that's the thing, and, and, and it's the same. Is we got to be careful when we speak of discipling and discipling others that our motive and our reason for showing them what we're showing them is not for any benefit other than the benefit of God, than the glory to go to Him. Yeah. That it's nothing more. And, and that's the thing that we can be, is not to be judgmental. Yeah. To let the Word of God do its work and just point out. Well, what, what you just talked about when it comes to the benefits is you're just... I mean, that's spirit, that's growing right there. To deny yourself and pick up the cross and follow him. And when you were talking about that, we've read this text in here. But when you come to the point where you, you're you going to deny yourself or, you know, Paul said, you know, I've been dying daily out yes. here. You come to that point like Isaiah 6. Uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the fer- seraphim. Each had six wings. You get to... Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. But Isaiah, he comes to that point where he says, Woe is me, I'm lost for a man of unclean lips. So denying yourself is to be able to come to the point where you say, I am a man of unclean lips. I know I've got things about me. So guess what? Now, as Paul said, I'm going to put the old man to death. I'm going to put his ways down. When they rear up, they're going down. They're going to try, things are going to try to trip me up, but I'm going to deny myself. It's even like when I was reading in John 12 today. He said, uh, if a man, if uh, if he hates his life, he'll have it in, in eternity, forever. And you read that and some people are like, why would I want to live in eternity in a life I hate? That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if you'll despise your life down here right. in a sense of, well, I'll live a good life, right? I mean, I have church, I fish, I do all these things. I have a good life, but my flesh my lostness, you know, that I used to be in, the sin of this world. I hate that. Therefore, since I hate that and I'll deny that, and people are like, well, you're not supposed to hate things, right? Remember when it said that, uh, you know, when it talked about in Ephesians about uh, be angry and sin not? To be angry and sin not is to be angry at the things that God gets angry at because he's angry at sin. So when we're angry at sin and we don't want to be a part of it, we hate it, we demise it, we, we want nothing to do with it, we deny ourselves, we deny it, in this life, well, then we'll inherit eternal life on the other side. And that's what Josh was saying when he was talking about denying yourself. He really put it in the spiritual growth uh, in the Lord. Alan, you got something about benefits? So the, the benefits that uh, we talk about are, number one, it's spiritual maturity. And the uh, Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, uh, my phone went to sleep on me. Let's probably read that. 1 Corinthians 3? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Yeah. You got it, Josh? Yep. Okay. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hither ye were not able to bear it, neither ye now are able. So when we talk about discipleship, uh, the Bible, the scripture that we just read is referring to folks that are lagging in their discipleship, in the maturity process. And because of that, you read about the church at Corinth and all the issues that they had and all the problems that were going on in the church and the things that uh, uh, were behind in the development process. And when we look at, uh, you know, not just a church, but in uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, verse number 8 says, But when you see the Spirit, the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The plan all along was not just for 
Alan Hunter and Josh to be effective at Watson's Chapel. The plan is for us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and other most. So, put it in in Monroe County terms. We'll be witnesses at Watson's Chapel in Madisonville, in Monroe County, in Tennessee, in mm-hmm. the United States, and just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's yep. just like the I've used the analogy of throwing the pebble in the in the lake. That's you know the the surface is slick and there's no wind and it's just glassy. You throw that pebble in that lake, boom! There's a ripple comes off yes. where it hits the water. Yep. And you watch that ripple and it grows and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. The, the, the plan for us as believers is not to be selfish, not to be uh, introvert, not to be uh, exclusive, but to be inclusive and to reach out and to all those, to whosoever will. Bible yeah, talks about whosoever will. Yeah. Let them come and receive the water life freely. That's a good benefit that I don't, you were talking about, just like the ripple effect. Uh, the one I'll hit, I mean, Josh started hit spiritual growth. You've talked about the, the ripple, about how it can spread. That's a great benefit um so i'll I'll hit like the we've talked about fellowship and family so obviously we're not disciples alone um you know they had 12 but within that 12 he had uh peter and john i mean he had an inner circle within the circle but uh, i'm not talking about inner circles i'm just saying that we aren't discipled alone we all serve the same god and we're different we're in different growth spots like someone might be ahead of me I might be where someone else isn't, you know, all of these things, more mature, more not, more gifted, more, I mean, it's not a competition, but we're all in a different place, but we're all being discipled by the same Lord. So fellowship and family, um, number three, ministry. When you have people that are being discipled, ministry can grow. Um, like right now at the chapel, one thing I love is we have new people volunteering and different, like with our bus ministries in different areas. And it's because, you know, they're like, hey, I want to dive in. I want to learn more about the word. I'm wanting to be disciples is what they're saying. So we love discipleship here. They get plugged in. All of a sudden, ministry grows because they have gifts that can be used in specific ministries that God will lead them to. So ministry. And then number four, growth as a church. I mean, when you have discipleship, if discipleship is a foundation of the body, of training up Christians, training up champions for Christ. I've seen so many different slogans, but uh, training people up for the battle. When people are being trained up and they're being discipled and they're being taught, your church is going to grow because they're going to go out and minister to people that they work with. I mean, that's just one of the things that I love about uh, the privilege that I have here uh, at the chapel is I get to be here throughout the week all the time. I love it, right? Now, there's people outside of the chapel that I minister to. I got friends from home. you know, it's not just standing behind a pulpit. Just because just you work for church doesn't give you an excuse to hide. You still got things to do. Um, and I got people that the Lord has got let me have an opportunity to be able to work with and work on. And so, But what I love is being able to be here all the time is you see all these people who come in every week. And not only do you get to see them come in every week, but you get to talk to them every week. And it's just awesome because there's people I've met here when I first started being here in January that I know now. And it's just like they're like spiritual giants because of how much they've grown this year. And that's one thing is growth as a church. So like I've seen people spiritually grow and it's just amazing to just sit back and watch and just be a friend of theirs and to think, Lord, keep using them. I mean, use them mightily for your kingdom right now because they're on fire. 
but you see people spiritually go, but you see the number grow because when discipleship and biblical teaching and everything's at the foundation of the church, you're going to see more people come in. But when they come in and they're discipled, they're not going to go anywhere because they're growing and the Lord's going to grow them, grow them, grow them, grow them. And then he might send them off to another fellowship or he might keep them here and use them in the ministry. I mean, there's just so many different things, but uh, that that's a huge benefit of true biblical discipleship is you see growth in so many different ways. So the, uh, the, foundational uh, rock that the church is built on Jesus Christ and that discipleship throughout all age groups uh, again uh, the Bible talks about this is uh, uh, my church that I'll establish upon the talk Peter said who do they say that I am yeah he says I see you're, some say you're Lies well, and say yeah. John the Baptist, blah blah. He said, "Who do you say I am?" He said, "I say you're the Christ, <laughs> the Christ, yeah. the Son so of the living the, God." The faith that I'll build my church. That is, and when, when we talk about discipling and teaching and, and coaching and helping folks to understand the importance of that concept, that is the insurance and, that this is going to outlive. It's going to. We're outstripped this life, and we're gone. It's still be going on. And he wasn't even, listen, when you read that text, he's literally not talking about Peter physically. Nah. He's talking about the nah. faith that Peter <laughs> had, the strength about, exactly. that Peter had. We're not building the church on Peter. We're no, building no, 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 on no. faith like this. And so when you have yes. faith like that in a local Absolutely. body, man, a church can be built on that. Absolutely. And it's not just on the one person. Imagine when the whole core of the church comes together and their faith is like, we're ready to move mountains, Lord, let's go. Yep. And then, uh, you know, when the the, uh, the fields are right ready for all, the labors are few, let's pray that the Lord will send well, he'll, he'll send them. And people just show up left and right like they are right now here yep. at the chapel. And, I mean, it's just it's amazing. But, see, the reason that that's happening here right now is because we've been praying for years We've been trying to build our faith as a body for years, and we're at the point right now where it's like, Lord, you're in control. We know what's going on in the country. We know what's going on here. We know what's going on in this family, but you're in control, Lord. So we're just going to come together on Monday nights. We're going to come together on Sunday mornings. We're going to start all these Bible studies and all of these prayer groups, and we're going to come together in faith boldly. You know, when um, um, early in, in the book of Acts, when the uh, the early church, they prayed for boldness and the earth shook. Or when they're praying in a house and uh, the apostles are in jail, they had no clue. But it's because the faith that they had that the earth shook. And then the and, knock on the door. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. Hey, Peter's out there. So no, we're, he ain't. He we're, in jail. <laughs> we're not like them, right? We're not going to experience the things that the early church experienced. But I know this, that when the people of God come together in faith, in hope, in trust and in prayer, God can do so many things through his local body. And that's one thing I love about Watson's Chapel is people here, they're, it's not, they're not fake. They're not just here to be here. You have people that are here to worship. They are here to serve. If Listen, if the gates of hell opened up, you're going to have a ton of people here with water guns ready to go. I mean, they're they're ready to battle right now. You could call them right now and say, hey, I need you to come pray with me. They're coming. And that's what I love about the church is because you have people that have faith like Peter. And when you have faith like that, the Lord can build a church on that type Absolutely. of faith. Absolutely. And it's just amazing. And I mean, these benefits that we've talked about in here. And here's the thing. Discipleship is... This is, this is almost going to be like a contradiction, but a truth. Discipleship's not hard, but it is, right? So by that, I mean this. We have the steps. 
We have everything in this. All we have to do is read the book. I think we've made it hard. We have. And yes. that's that's what I'm saying is all we have to do is read the book. But here's the thing. When the word I gets in the way or man gets in the way, it yes. makes it hard. Yes. So it's easy, but it's hard. And so if we'll just look at what the book says, and if we love the Lord, let's keep his commandments. If we have a true desire, let's dive in. Let's not walk around in shallow water our whole lives. So let's just get on the diving board. <laughs> Keep it simple. Take the floaties off. Let the yays be yay. And let's just sink yeah. to the bottom of the pool. And let's get in there. I'm, and That's it. That's so we it. have everything, but we make it hard. I remember a time in my life where I made it hard. I was like, I can't grow, Lord. I would say all the time, Lord, where are you? You're Where are you? Because you're not here. And eventually I learned... I kept praying that, and I'd be like, Lord, speak to me. Just say something to me. And I'd pray that all the time. And one day I had someone that was just like, "What? you okay? And I'm like, well, the Lord's just not speaking to me. And they're like, well, have you read your Bible? And I was like, no. I mean, he's got 66 books. Mm -hmm. He's got a New Testament. The Lord Jesus' quotes are in there. Mm -hmm. If you want him to speak to you, why don't you just go read? And I thought, that's pretty simple. So Mm -hmm. I started reading, and all of a sudden it was like, boom. It's like a window opened up, and I thought, this is what it's about. Yep. He was, I couldn't hear him speak because I wasn't in his word. I was seeking a, a sign, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, the Jews seek a sign, the the Gentiles seek knowledge, you know, maybe I had a flip flop, but I was seeking everything, but where the word was, where the truth, like the other day, I've read that verse. Have you really read that verse? You need to go read it again. Read it again. I found exactly what I needed in the day and in the moment. He was right there. And that's what I'm saying is it's easy. If we'll just get out of the way, deny ourselves like Josh said, take all the filters back and just say, all right, I'm going to read the Word of God. I mean, uh, I'm doing the Sermon on the Mount. Today I was in the book of, I just kept thinking about the book of uh, Habakkuk. That'll choke you up. (laughs) Going through there, trying to understand the Hebrew poetry and all these things. And I get to a point where he's talking about Babylon, and he's talking about the false idols that they made, the ones out of wood and the ones out of stone. And there's a key phrase that says, can these teach? And I thought, whoa. Whoa, and he's like, and then it says, no, they can't. The false idols they had, that just hit me. Man, false idols that Babylon had, the Lord's showing that they couldn't teach and that they'll burn. So there's just so many things, and all we got to do is open it up and just read and just let the Spirit teach us. But we make it hard. Yes, absolutely. So Yeah, and that that key word that you used is I. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's 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 why we make it hard because we have our own we have our own agenda, our own thoughts and ideals, you know. But when you got when you were talking about that and the one of the stories that came to mind is when Joshua and Caleb, you know, when and the later part of his life though, when Caleb came back, you know, he basically said, "That's my mountain. God's already given it. That's this is mine," you know. And I mean, so. That's that's the thing to grab a hold of to understand who who you know who we serve you know and to put our to align with him and his will and remove our eye out of it you know yes. this, the, remove that part of it where this is where I think he wants me and and start standing firm in what he has told well, us. Well, and like, and there's no counterfeit ways to get ahead in discipleship. Like uh, Simon the Magician, Simeon, yeah, one of those. Right, trying to mimic him. He said, oh, he said, I'll pay you. Give yeah. me, let me have what you have. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you for it. And yeah. Peter, yeah. Peter's like, you dummy. You can't pay for this. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, go repent. Get, you know, go get right. Yes. And, and he realized what he did. Yes. He couldn't just buy it. 
And, and that's where I was thinking, like, there's this book, it's called Desiring God, uh, written by A.W. Tozer. He's a great minister. I've listened to some of his sermons. I read the book, right? My grandfather gave it to me. He's like, read this book, read it slowly. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, reading the book, great. So I start reading this book, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did he get to this level? Like, Christianity's not levels, but this man was like level 99, and I felt like level one. Because he started talking about a phrase like this. He said he got to a point in his life where he could only pray, God, show me thy glory. And then he started talking about how uh, you you get to a point as a Christian where you have to let God have the throne of your heart because if you have idols or sin in your life, he's truly not at the center of your core. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And he talked about how he learned all this through prayer mm-hmm. and just study and just meditating and fasting. And I was just like, oh my goodness. But see, there's no counterfeit way to get that. There's no. not. That's a man that spent time on his knees, his face, time in scripture. I listened to one of his sermons once, blew me away. And I mean, Billy Graham, he didn't just, he, there was no counterfeit to that man. I mean, he, he, when you, and what I love too is he, in his documentary, he talks about how he came to a point where, um, especially during that time, a lot of people were like the word of God, is, it's in foul, like it has fallacies in it. There's errors. And in his documentary, you can go watch this. I bought it. I loved it so much. He said he got to a point where uh, he started having just some doubts and questions about the fallacy of the scriptures. And one night he went in the woods and he put his Bible on a stump and he just sat there and prayed. And he said, Lord, I'm going to trust that this is your word and everything in it is true. And from here on out, I'm going to stand on it. Next week, he went to a revival. Next week, he got invited to call stadiums. Then he went this place and this place. You can't counterfeit that. Nope. That's the process of discipleship. And that's what I love is, you know, we're guided by people. But some of my best moments that Mm. I've ever spent with the Lord was on my face and on my knees. And and I'll I'll never forget those times. I remember when uh, when I turned 18... And I finally started looking into the Word of God. Somebody told me, to. I heard that Proverbs was the book of knowledge. And I thought, this is the secret to the whole book. I'm going. <laughs> so I get over, let me do, Let me just skip a look right to it, man. Oh, no. I get over here. You're scaring me. I get over yeah. here in Proverbs. And like the first chapter, it says the Proverbs of Solomon. I didn't even know who Solomon was then. I just I was like, oh, okay. This guy wrote Proverbs. Uh, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, um, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I thought, ah, okay, so fear is, but I didn't just read this. I started praying these scriptures. I thought, if I'm going to learn anything about the Lord, I'm going to have to soak in this and pray it. And so literally I'd go through here. Hear here my, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teachings, for they are graceful garland for your head. And I started going through all of these. Uh, wisdom cries in the street, and I just started praying these verses. And all of a sudden, it was like a window just opened. And I'm telling you, the Lord just started teaching me so many things throughout the the rest of his scriptures because I learned that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And when you're in fear, you learn to deny yourself. 
Yep. You learn to have reverence. You learn how to respect. You learn how to truly be discipled because it takes the desire. And I'm telling you, like, I love discipleship. I, I can't get enough of it. I'll talk. I've talked probably the most on this this segment, but it's because it's just it, it had such an impact on my life when I finally got into it. And I see all of these people in the world that like are asking the same questions I did. Where's God? Why won't He speak to me? Where can I find God? And I'm sitting here like David. Where can I go that he's not? Yeah. If I go over here, there he's over here. If I go over here, there he is. He's right there. And it's just like people can't come to that realization like David did unless they're brought up and they're taught. Well, you hit a good point there, honey. And I tell you what, if you're in a position in your spiritual life where you want to be in the process of discipleship, or you're not satisfied with where you're at in your discipleship, uh, man, let, let's let's just look for just a second at the scripture that was just read, and reemphasize the fact that if you can begin with a reverential respect and fear of God and who He is, that's a good place to start, and that'll line up with a lot of the other things because that's that's where the knowledge comes from. It's the beginning point, and it's not the fact that uh, I, I'm scared or I'm intimidated by a bully, it's the fact that I have a healthy respect for who he is and a reverence. You said it, uh, a very applicable word when it comes to discipleship is reverence to know that there's a big difference between me and God. Absolutely. A great big difference between the way I think and the way he thinks. Yep. And once you get your mind started to wrap around that, that's going to be a good beginning point for discipleship. And I'm, you come you come to this point, and Alan said it's a good starting point. Um, when you're saved, your your prayer that you prayed to be saved is reverence because you yeah. have realized your Absolutely. Lord and Spirit. Absolutely, it sure is. Yep. But you come, a person that is a true follower of Christ, listen to this verse in Corinthians. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So you come to a point Listen, someone who is going to be saved is not, they realize they're not wise because the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. So if you're like, well, I can do this on my own. I'm righteous like the Pharisees. That's foolishness to God. But when you realize that you are poor in spirit yes, and that you need the Lord and you come to that point that the people that think they're wise will look at you and say, you're so dumb. You don't need, he's not. And you're like, no, he is real. You're and in reality, a person that's righteous, according to the word, they're the most foolish person out there. Uh, only a fool will say in, in the, that God's not real when you read that yes. in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's just where we're saying this is you come to that reverential place where you're like, I have nothing. I am nothing. Yep. I know nothing. Everything that I've ever known is not true. <laughs> Until right now, there's a process called discipleship and sanctification that's getting ready to kick off. And then, I mean, my life didn't start till I was 12. I tell people that all the time. Because everything before 12, I, I don't remember it. A Christmas, I ran around in my underwear. That's about it. When I got saved, my life started because that is the true life that is given yes. by Christ. And from 12 to 23, that's the only life I like to talk about because that's the only life that, that means something to me. Exactly right. And that, so that reverential part, in Hebrews chapter 11, you read all about the different faiths. One of the names in there, though, that I, I love is Rahab. Yeah. And that's what she, 
you talk about reverential fear. She's like, I have heard yeah. of the, of your God. Yeah. I, so, so how do I get on that team? Because I, <laughs> how do I get, you know, how do you spare me and my family? Yeah. Yes. But and that was reverential fear. That's that was one. fear that, you know, and I mean. And it, I think that as life goes on and as the, the, the battle with the flesh and the spiritual warfare goes on, it does us all good to revisit this, that reverential fear that's a healthy, respected relationship of who God is. Just go over in Ephesians hey. 6 and see that your shield is yeah, the faith that you have. And it. if your faith's not in a good place, well, your shield's gone. And yep, now yep. you're just, all right, shoot me with everything that you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's just the truth. And, uh, uh, oh, man, this has just been so good. Um, guys, do y'all have anything you want to leave with? Well, um, hey, this is, so fit. this is it from us. But uh, just a reminder, Thanksgiving meal. Um, if you're interested in it and you're in the surrounding areas, you have to be in the surrounding areas. Okay. Surrounding areas. <laughs> Come visit us, uh, call in. We do deliveries. Um, but man, I, I just, um, let's pray, man. Who wants to Josh Allen? When y'all pray, Josh, you want to pray for us? Let's pray for our listeners out there. Our heavenly father. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord. And thank you for, given us the chance in this platform that to, to share the message and to, to have discussions and to, to truly seek your word, Lord. Lord, we just lift up all the listeners out there that, you know, for however they stumbled upon this and or however what they're dealing with, Lord, you know where they're at. You know where everyone is at. If they're if they're right now just lost and, and, and don't know exactly what we are talking about, Lord, we just pray that you touch them. Or if they are in that process of disciple or wondering what a disciple is, Lord, just help, help guide them, direct them, open up the word, uh, show them where you lead them the way that they would be. Lord, we just uh, encourage everybody listening and uplift them to you, Lord. Be with us as we continue on. And uh, as we travel on through the, this evening and heading to our homes and being safe and safe travels, all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, guys, we've really enjoyed today. Hey, remember, if you're listening to this, wherever you're from, send us an email, media at watsonschapel.net. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on. Let us know how we can pray for you. Send in your questions. Um, and shout out to Washington. Absolutely. Shout out to Washington. I'd like to hear from Washington. Just I'm, something. I just, just an email or something. I mean, it's curiosity's tell, got me right now. Tell us how you found out about this podcast. I mean, yeah. how, how? I mean, I'm just like, I'm, my mind's blown. Yeah. My mind is absolutely blown because we sit in this little room, the four of us. It's really hot in here, and we drink coffee and we got oatmeal cream pies. And all of a sudden, we hear that people from Washington have listened to us. People from other countries have listened to us. Um, and, and maybe it was just one time and maybe you've listened to every episode. I, I don't know, but I just pray that as we've prayed already, we just keep praying that the Lord just blesses yeah, your socks absolutely. off. I mean, yeah. yeah, he just uses you mightily for the kingdom. Um, and, and wherever you're from, we want to thank you for absolutely. tuning in and just taking time out thank today. You. And this is, it's, it's, a, it's not, not that we deserve to be listened to, but the subject matter deserves yes. to be listened to. Hey, and I mean, here's a thought too. If you listen to this and you're uh, from another church, maybe in this area, maybe in another state, um, and your church has resources, man, let me tell you something. This podcast that we've started for our church has just been awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not going to work everywhere, um, but maybe the Lord leads you to start one for your church or something. Uh, I, I mean, we'll pray for that because if there's more podcasts in this world and that area, uh, that field, 
if there's more podcasts out there about Jesus Christ, then that's just more people that are going to hear about the gospel. And podcasts are popular right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a great platform. They, and they, I mean, and that's the thing about it is, it, you know, the podcast people will listen to that just to listen. Um, so, and, but the great thing is, is they're hearing the truth. That's it. That's it. And maybe something said, done that motivates you to get plugged in in a body. It ain't got to be here, right. but in a local body somewhere. And do something for the advancement of the kingdom. Yeah, and I mean, if that's something that you think about, I want to just challenge you for pray about it before you decide just to do something, because this wasn't a plan here until the idea just came up out of nowhere, and then one day our pastor's like, "You remember that podcast thing?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Y'all should try it out. You should do it. Pray. Let's pray more about it." So he prayed about it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Go for it." And then by that time, I'd already talked to Alan, and I was just like, hey, you want to help me do this podcast thing? I have no clue what we're doing. He was like, yeah. Then Josh came on one time, and he never left. So now we've got Josh. (laughs) Now we've got Grant, but now we've got View. I'm like that on one company, you know, that shows up and just doesn't leave. (laughs) We love it. I mean, it's it's, it's just the Lord's worked it out so much. And that's, I mean, I I pray that more churches will be bold. Josh is the guest that became family. Yes. (laughs) And I, I love that. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was a random thought, but if there's just more people out there on this platform, it's like, uh, um, me and Grant have a good friend named Lucas Watson and him and his buddies, they just started a podcast literally like last week. Um, what's it called? Bold and Uncut. I think it is that it's called bold and uncut. And, uh, if you, if you know Lucas or you've heard of him, go on Apple po- uh, podcast, type it in, um, check them out. What I love is like one of their episode I listened to, their newest one, they just said, we're just three guys that love talking about Jesus and we love coffee. Hey, we're right there. Hey, we're right there. That Uh, makes makes six of us. But I just thought, I started thinking, I was just like, how awesome is it that these three guys love Jesus? They're going to create a platform and they're going to touch people that other podcasts aren't going to touch. Or they're going to encounter other. And and so we just want to, if your church has that and you've thought about it, hey, dive into it it's awkward it's really fun um so but that's all i got guys y'all have anything god God bless. bless all right god bless we'll see y'all next time peace out